Buenos dias. Hey, uh, Clark Van Dievenger here from the podcast Dealing With 40. Hope that you are having a great day. All right, I have three interviews scheduled over the next few days, so you're going to have the opportunity to hear some amazing people on this podcast, right? People who, as I put it, have just climbed a little higher in the tree, right? They've, they've climbed higher. They can see further, okay? But I wanted to check in today and just kind of share with you what I have been processing, where I'm at, right? And this whole quarantine thing with the COVID-19 coronavirus gives us opportunity to do that, right? So uh, my 38th year on this planet was my dark night of the soul, all right? Like, I don't know when yours was. Is it 38, 35, 40, 45, right? And I sure hope that my 38th year was my dark night of the soul because I don't want a darker one, all right? My world shrunk. Um, some of you who have followed me for a while, you know my story. When I was 30 years old, I bet everything, ran for Congress. Like, I literally bet it all, cashed out my retirement, and I lost. All right, now, losing a congressional campaign, campaign as a 30-year-old should not be a devastating defeat, right? But for me, it was. I was just like completely spent. I had no idea what to do next, no money, and I just, I just felt lost. I was embarrassed by how desperate my own financial situation was, and I retreated from many relationships at that time, almost all relationships. And in the span of a few months, I went from being this up-and-coming political star to living in my in-law's garage, right? I was 30 years old, couldn't pay my mortgage, had no idea what I was going to do next for money. Uh, my wife and I, we had two kids at the time. Our son was three, our daughter was six months old, and we moved into my in-law's garage. And it wasn't even a nice garage, all right? <laughs> it, was, it was a detached garage. We fixed it up as best we could. And every morning, like, we'd run across the backyard and dodge the sprinklers to get to the bathroom in the main house. Right? I remember sitting in that garage and feeling so alone. And if you've read my book, Unworking, I talk about this season of my life in that book, this feeling of being alone. I mean, hardly anyone knew we were living there. They had no idea what we were going through, what had happened to us. Um, we just disappeared. I felt at the time like my friends or most of my friends had abandoned me. Like, why weren't they checking in, tracking me down? All right. But more than anything or anyone, I, I kind of had myself to blame at that time. Just the way I retreated, right? I didn't make myself vulnerable and available. So that was a dark time my 30th year, and that year, compared to my 38th year, like, oh man, <laughs> my 30th year was a breeze, all right? Over the years, I've had this prayer that I've prayed, like an inside joke with God. I tell him I'll, I'll follow him anywhere, like, I'm up for anywhere, I'm up for anything, like, I'll go anywhere, no matter where, just for the ride, right? But I've often added, like, just please don't make me go back to the garage, right? I mean, don't get me wrong, my in-laws are great people, but I really didn't want to go back to the garage, 
All right. But my 38th year, all right, my 38th year, like I would have loved to have spent my 38th year in the garage. All right. And I joked with God about this all the time. All right. And when you come into these dark times, I think you have to embrace them. Like at least I do. You have to go all the way down. You have to consider that everything that people have been saying about you might actually be true. That's heavy stuff. All right, there's a line from a poem that I love. Uh, the poem is If by Rudyard Kipling. It's my life poem. And gosh, sadly and and painfully, I have I feel like my whole life I keep learning lines to this poem. Right? <laughs> uh, and there's this line where he says, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. All right. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. Like Make allowance for their doubting too. You have to consider that your enemies or the doubters or whoever, you have to consider that maybe they're right. All right. Maybe they have a good reason to doubt you. And I came out of this time with this intense, intense desire to take whatever God gave me and do well with it. Right. Like this is like my field today, this field that God has entrusted to me may be tiny. Right. But I'm going to do well with this today. All right. And it was like, what's in front of me today? All right. What opportunities do I have? How, who can I serve? How can I do well? Right. And you may have heard me talk in the past about like waking up in the morning and realizing I had nothing to do today other than like make breakfast for my family, right? And that's where I would start. And as my 40th birthday approached, like this feeling got more and more intense. Like 40 was a deadline. And you can say it's arbitrary. And in many conversations I've had with people over the past few months, um, the number may be arbitrary, but the experience is real, all right? For some, it happens at 35 or 38 or 45 or whatever, but it's the number may be arbitrary, but the experience is real. And it's like, what have I done with my life, right? And as 40 approached, I felt a sense of urgency, a need to maximize every minute, every minute of every day. The question was, am I being productive, that was the question, all right? Every moment of every day optimized, right? Wanting to meet people like for coffee at 3.33 because that was like the perfect timing in my day, right? I actually didn't set up any coffee meetings for 3.33, but I wanted to, all right? Because I wanted to optimize every day and be productive every moment of every day, all right? So that was the question. Every moment of every day optimized. I am going to go on a run and be productive. I am going to go to work and be productive. I'm going to have coffee with a friend and be productive by investing in this person's life or, or having a business conversation, right? I am going to spend time with my kids and be productive, all right? like So there, it wasn't like I was just totally you know, focused on work. Like there was balance in my life, right? Some balance at least. Um, it's not like I was working a hundred hours a week and just measuring myself with productivity at work. All right. At least, at least I understood that there, there, there should be balance to life. 
And I was looking at other areas of life, not just work, to be productive, but still. All right. So physical fitness is important to me. It's a priority. So running was on my agenda. Being a good dad and having a strong family is important to me. All right. So time got devoted to those things. Right. But every moment of every day was optimized. And I was putting a lot of pressure on myself, getting up earlier and earlier, just pressure. All right. So then we go under quarantine, the whole COVID-19 lockdown. Right. And it was like, okay, how am I going to use this time? All right. How am I going to be productive? All right. When my world shrunk in the past, I had this mantra. All right. Here was my mantra. All right. This has become like a life mantra. Um, But at that particular time when my world shrunk, it was like there are many things I can't do now, but the things I can do, I can do with greater intensity. All right. And that's true, like for all of us now under quarantine, right? There are many things you can't do right now, but the things you can do, you can do with greater intensity. All right. And I have filled my quarantine time. All right. I have at a time when many people are out of work or seeing drastic reductions in their work or in their income. I'm really thankful to have work. All right. From a income standpoint, this time under quarantine has been some of the like, well, past month under quarantine has been one of the better months in recent years for me from an income standpoint. Um, and like, maybe you're going crazy. Maybe it's the opposite for you. And like, man, I feel for you, right? I can understand. Trust me, I've been there before. I can understand the, the angst, the anxiety, right? Uh, or maybe you just don't have, you haven't worked from home like I have for the past 10 years. And you're just going crazy under quarantine. But here was my challenge. Could I sit down on my couch or lay in my hammock for five minutes without feeling guilty, without feeling like I ought to be doing something, like I ought to be producing? Like I can't lay down in my hammock for five minutes. I should I should be running. I should be playing chess with one of my kids. I should be organizing the office. I should be working. I should be having a meaningful conversation with a friend, right? In some way, I should be productive, right? And the challenge was, can I actually lay down in my hammock for five minutes and not produce something? Because that's where I had gotten with my life, measuring my days, my life, my quality, my self-worth by what I was producing. And I think I just need to learn how to relax, So I just started this book by Brene Brown. All right. You may know her from her famous TED Talk. Uh, She writes about vulnerability and shame, topics I know a little bit, a little bit about. All right. She has this quote near the front of her book, Daring Greatly. Let me grab it here. The quote comes from Lynn Twist in her book, The Soul of Money. All right. So Lynn Twist calls this the great lie. Okay. So she writes... Uh, For me and many of us, our first waking thought of the day is, I didn't get enough sleep. The next one is, I don't have enough time. Whether true or not, that thought of not enough occurs to us automatically before we even think to question or examine it. We spend most of the hours and days of our lives hearing, explaining, complaining, or worrying about what we don't have enough of. Before we even sit up in bed, before our feet touch the floor, 
we're already inadequate, already behind, already losing, already lacking something. And by the time we go to bed at night, our minds are racing with a litany of what we didn't get or didn't get done that day. We go to sleep burdened by those thoughts and wake up to the reverie of lack. This internal condition of scarcity lives at the very heart of our jealousies, our greed, our prejudice, our arguments with life. All right. So fortunately, I get enough sleep. I made this a priority in my life a couple of years ago. I get enough sleep. All right. But still, like I was going to bed earlier because I... I, my evening hours typically aren't very productive. And so I just made this choice to like start going to bed super early so that I could get up in the morning because I'm always productive in the morning. So uh, I was getting enough sleep, but still I was waking up early every morning just thinking I don't have enough time in my day, right? As I approached 40, I felt this shame about what I had not accomplished in my life. I thought... I should have produced so much more by now, right? And all the people, like all the people who say to me, it makes me want to, like, it drives me crazy, right? I'm like, I don't feel like I've accomplished enough with my life. And people are like, Clark, oh, look at your beautiful family, all right? Yes, <laughs> I have a beautiful family. I love my family. I'm so thankful that we have a strong family life, all right? So thankful that we love each other, that we love to have dinner together, that my wife is my best friend. Thankful for all of that. But (laughs) when I was 20, I thought I would have a beautiful family and I thought I would be president of the United States. All right. So there's this shame. I have an interview coming up for this podcast with two people who knew me when I was in high school. I think they expected that I would have produced so much more by now. All right. Here is the lesson I am learning. Learning. All right. I-N-G. That's an important distinction for anyone new to this podcast. All right. This is messy. All right. I haven't sorted through this stuff. Not sorted. All right. I am sorting. All right. I have not sorted. I am sorting. All right. I have not learned. I am learning. And here's the lesson I I am trying to learn. I'm I'm in the process of learning. It's, It's heavy, all right? It's that I'm enough. I am enough. This is not a lesson that I, I just gotta be honest with you, it's not a lesson I quickly grab onto. This idea that I am enough, that God loves me, my family loves me, Not because of what I produce, but because I am enough. All right, that's it for today. Okay, you can hear the dogs barking in the background. Perhaps welcome to Guatemala. There's squirrels, chickens, rabbits running around, and sometimes the dogs go crazy. All right, that's it for today. Hey, if (coughs) if you are processing life, If you're dealing with 40 or going through your midlife crisis or whatever you want to call it, I'd love to hear from you. Reach out. My email is clarkvand at gmail.com. That's clarkvand, C-L-A-R-K-V as in victory, A-N as in Nancy, D as in David, clarkvand at gmail.com. All right, if you have someone you'd like me to interview on the podcast, 
let me know. All right, watch for new interviews over the next few days. And please, please share this podcast. Email it to a friend, right? Share it on Facebook, Twitter, wherever. I'd love for you to give it a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. But seriously, I think the best thing you can do is who's one person in your life, right, who you think needs to hear this stuff. All right. That's it. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast Dealing With 40. I'd love to hear from you. Seriously, I want to hear about you. All right. Your questions, your issues, your struggles, your answers. All right. What you figured out. Where do you find rest? Where do you find peace? Hey, and if you have people you'd love for me to interview on the podcast, please reach out. All right, so my personal email, personal email, clarkvand at gmail.com. That's clarkvand, C-L-A-R-K, V as in victory, A, N as in Nancy, D as in David, clarkvand at gmail.com. All right, you can also go to dealingwith40.com. That's dealingwith40.com. I'd love it, love it, if you'd share this podcast on social media, share it, and Can I suggest the hashtag dealing with 40? Just share it and tag it. Hashtag dealing with 40. And please, please leave a five-star review of this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening. All right. If you go to dealingwith40.com, you can sign up to receive email updates from us as this project grows and evolves. Like, we'll see where it goes. If there's something you're looking for, if you've got an idea, please let me know. Again, email is clarkvand at gmail.com. All right, this podcast is a declaration, a plea, an invitation. All right, it's a declaration to live and seek my destiny, a declaration to become the very best version of myself and to do great things. It's a plea that you would be, please be patient with me and with others. Like, I have issues. I'm insecure. All right, please give me grace and know that if I say something foolish or do something wrong, like my heart, my heart's in the right place. All right. And remember this of others too. Be kind. I'm guessing, I'm guessing that you have your issues too. So please, please let us affirm one another. Like I think we probably all spend enough time condemning ourselves. And this is an invitation to join me on the journey. Lean in with me. Share the lessons that you have learned, the perspective that you have gained. Listen to the wisdom shared by the people I interview as a part of this project and commit to being the very best version of yourself. All right, so remember, hashtag dealing with 40. All right, and sign up for email updates at dealingwith40.com. And again, I'm here for you. If you're processing this stuff as well, reach out and let's connect. All right, that's it. Have a great day.